Well, good morning to you. You are looking good. It is great to see you on a beautiful Sunday. Man, a little rain this weekend. We needed it, right? And now some sunshine and uh, the rest of the week is just like Colorado is supposed to be, right? So I hope uh, you're able to enjoy that. We're really glad you're here. We thank you for being here. If you're a guest today, we just say welcome. Make yourself at home. We have a, a little connection card in the chair back in front of you. It looks like this. If you are a guest, we'd love to have you take one of those out and fill it out. Drop it in the offering at the end. Uh, we won't call you or bug you or chase you down, I promise. If you want some information about some of the ministries at Timberline, you can check some of the boxes on the top part of the card if you turn it over. And then uh, give us an email address and we will simply email you the information you've asked for. And there are many wonderful Bible-believing churches in northern Colorado. We want you in one of them, all right? So if it's here, great. If it's not, make sure you get invested in a local church where you can make a difference. Hey, make sure you read through the bulletin. Um, we try to print announcements so we don't have to say a bunch of stuff. But uh, please read it because this is all really good stuff. Events coming up. There's tables in the mall. Nine tables this weekend of activities, stuff, places to sign up. The youth have their whole summer calendar out there for you. Have teenagers. Pick one of these up and you'll kind of know what's going on. And there's a bunch of other great stuff. So please read through it. We have a Serving Central table um, out. If you want to volunteer at Timberline at any level you would like, there are some ministry guides out there and people who will help you find your way if you want to volunteer. So thanks for doing that. Hey, um, it's interesting. I was reading in USA Today uh, yesterday that they said today is, other than Christmas and Easter, it's the third highest church attendance weekend um, in America. I'm not sure that that's true for Timberline, but how many of you know why? It's Mother's Day, and Mama says you going to church, right? <laughs> going to church. And you say yes to that right away. But we love moms. As a matter of fact, moms... Would you stand? Would you let us just let you know? We love you. Let's let them know it. Woo-hoo! That's fantastic. That is so great. We honor you today. We thank God for you and your investment in our lives. How many of you have a mama? See, we, that's something we all have in common. We all have a mother. So... So it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I, I know it's a tough day for some of you who would love to be a mom and uh, you haven't been able to do that. So our prayers are with you. That's a tough time, but we certainly want to celebrate with uh, Mother's Day today. So thank you for that. Hey, just one last thing before we dive in, and that is uh, we uh, are doing our prayer walk this week. Um, if you don't know what that is, just quickly, there's some tables in the mall. You can go by and get maps to pray for specific areas. But uh, this year, four times a year, we're going to have an emphasis where we are partnering with 30 to 35 other churches in Fort Collins to pray for every block of our city and to walk the streets and pray for schools and neighborhoods and businesses. So please sign up and do that, not to make a scene. No one will even know you're doing it. But if you don't live in Fort Collins, you live in the surrounding areas, please Pray for your city. Walk through your neighborhoods this week. And just uh, there's an email list. We send you tips of how to pray, some ideas about what prayer walking is. So if you have an interest in that, go by the table and get connected. Thank you so much for doing that. All right. Today we are talking about light, the light of God. Jesus is going to say something in the Gospel of Mark. We're in a series called Eyewitness News where we're going through the book of Mark 
verse by verse. We started it at the beginning of the year, and we're just plowing through it. When we're done, we're done. But it's going to be a great time. And today, I've entitled this message, Let It Shine. Let It Shine. Because that's what Jesus is basically going to encourage us to do. This little light of mine. (laughs) Okay, that's good. That's amazing, though. Way to go. I'm proud of you. If you grew up in church, it's just, it's just amazing how many people know that song, Hide It Under a Bushel. <laughs> how many of you have no idea what this song and you're already sick of it? Okay. It's, it's just a fun song. That song comes out of this passage that we're going to read today. Now, clear back in the very beginning. Let me just read you some verses. Just listen to these. They're not on the screen. Just listen. Genesis 1, verse 1 and following. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. From that moment on, light has been used as a metaphor of enlightenment or godliness. Let me enlighten you on this or let me shed some light on that. It's to, to let you see more clearly. And in 2 Samuel twenty two twenty nine, you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I I love Christmas Eve candlelight service. It's my favorite. Matter of fact, I'm already looking forward to it, okay? I am. I love it. And if you've been here before, you know that moment comes when I read from John 8 where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And we all have a candle, and together we make this proclamation as we lift the candle and we say, you are the light of the world. Because he is. Jesus came to bring light to the darkness of man. So if you have a bulletin, go to the back page and follow along. Jot some things down and think about this if you don't mind. Number one is, has your light been lit? (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to ask you bluntly. Has your light been lit? Have you said, Lord, I want your light to shine in my life? Because you have to initiate that. God's done everything in his power to bring the light to you, but you have to respond to God. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Just leave your Bible open if you want to as we walk to it. Verse 21, the first part. Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. What Jesus is wanting to teach here is to let people know that you don't start a fire or light a lamp or turn on a light unless there's a reason for it. And if you do, you're not going to hide it under a bed, that's for sure. Now, I love light. I like stars. I love fire just because of its brilliance and gazing at the fire at night. Matter of fact, I apologize in advance to our Royal Ranger commanders and Boy Scouts commanders, okay? Because when we went camping, when all of our kids were little, I could build a fire. Now, I know how to do it with the twigs and the the old-fashioned way, but I didn't do it that way. Okay, I, I have this special mix. It's a formula that's my own brew that's like a, a one-fourth like used motor oil and the rest gasoline. And if you put that in a gallon jug and mix it up, it will burn. 
okay? So, so I would be like, we're going camping. We camped a lot with our kids, and they have great memories of it because it's cheap, right? <laughs> okay? Once you get the stuff, you can go camping. And, and I always kind of loaded the truck with wood because I didn't want to go searching for it because it was all picked over. So I'd just load up, get the fire ring safely, okay? I never started any forest fires. Safely, get the fire ring, and then you just load it up with wood. And then you get the juice, Man, you just soak it down. And then you say something like, Bonnie, get the kids, go get in the truck. <laughs> Way over there. Children, do not look at the light. It will burn your retinas out. And then you step back and you throw the match as far as you can. <laughs> Fire. Oh, you feel like God saying, let there be light when you do something like that. I, I love those moments. It's just, a, it's just a great thing. I have a, a candle up here that is just a great analogy because this candle, um, is this candle reaching its potential right now? No, it's not. It's just a hard piece of wax. It, it really cannot do its function. I see, I see people walking on the earth living like this candle right now. They're just a hard piece of wax. They haven't really reached their potential. They haven't said, God, use my life. Spend me well. And so it's in moments like this when I, when I light this candle, suddenly this candle is able to reach its fullest potential. And that can stay lit until that wax is completely burned away. And that light will shine unless something blows it out. And that's how we are. We have all the potential in the world. God created us with all the potential in the world to let our light shine, to let godliness and integrity and character shine from who we are being connected to God. But I first must come to God, lay my life in his hands, and he puts those qualities in me and he re rebuilds my life in a way that my light can shine. So that's why Jesus is talking about this. Secondly, do people see the light of God in you? Do people actually see the person of God, the work of the Spirit in your life? Verse 21b says this, A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. In other words, it's not put under a bed. It's not put under something else. It's put in a place where that light can illuminate the room. Now, in Jesus' day, they did not have candles like this that we used, but they had little oil lamps. These oil lamps were fairly flat, and they had a hole where you could put oil in them, and then the fire would come out. Uh, there's a little wick that sticks out, and the fire will burn. And you can refill the oil into the lamp so that the fire is able to burn. But he's, he's using this idea because probably that morning, these people listening to him teach probably used something that looked similar to that. So it makes sense to them. It's easy for them to identify with. And he's saying when you light that lamp, there's a reason why you light it. And it's usually not to look at the lamp. When you walk in your home and it's dark and you turn a light on, you probably don't just look up and stare at the light. Like, well, there it is. No, why do you turn the light on? You turn the light on because that light allows you to see what's in the room. Now, the reason this is an important metaphor is that the light of God put in us isn't so people will see us. You following me? It's so that they will see who? God. We simply reflect. We simply show the characteristics of what godly decisions look like. 
And that's a, the power of, of being a reflection for God. Is It's not about look at me. It's about I hope you see the empowerment of God through my life, through the integrity I'm living with, the character of my life, the decisions I've make, I'm making. So that's, that's the whole heart and the point of this. So what does this mean? When, do, when does light shine the brightest? If you, how many of you like to look at the stars? Because I, I love gazing at stars. And when is the best time to look at the stars? Anybody know? Well, at night, that, that helps. Yeah, at night's a good, a good time. Um, when there's no clouds, that's another good time. But also when there's no moon, right? Because the moon illuminates the sky to such a degree that the, the stars don't seem as bright. Though they are as bright, they don't seem as bright. Why? Because it's not as dark. When it's dark sky, the stars seem the brightest. Now think about this with me for a moment. Because this is what Jesus is about to jump into. Sometimes in your life, when life is the darkest... When you are the most challenged, when the trials are big and nothing makes sense, that is your greatest potential of letting the light of God shine in your life. Now, we don't like that. We wouldn't choose that. But I know some of you today and what you're struggling with and what you're battling with between disease and family and relationships, it's a dark hour for you. And I'm, I'm prayerful that you will say, Lord, even in the trial of my faith, would you let my light shine for the glory of God? It's like Job. Even his friends said, you know, curse God and die. And he's like, no, I will serve God. In his darkest hour, he was faithful to God. That's what you and I have the opportunity to do. Let's use our imagination for a minute. I'm going to give you a couple of examples to ask questions about when is it flesh or spirit? in your attitude and your behaviors, okay? So, so here we go. Here's the first one I want to use. You're driving somewhere you need to be quickly and there's bad traffic. Flesh or spirit? <laughs> how many of you have been working on that? It's kind of like, isn't it amazing how the road pulls out like the worst in us? And it's just crazy how that happens instead of letting people in and being kind. and uh, it's just no, Something rises up. Um, how about... Keeping your golf score. <laughs> you know, if you've ever played golf with someone who cheats, it's a terrible thing. And I remember my dad taught me how to play golf when I was 9 or 10, and, and he used to let me tee it up in the fairway when I was first learning and everything. And then I remember the day he took me out and said, today we're playing by the real rules of golf. You've learned. Your swing is okay, so here we go. And I meant it, my ball was down in this divot this one time, and I reached down and pulled it out of that divot with the club, and he said, you can't do that. The rule is you, you play it where it lies. And I said, but it's in a hole. So it doesn't matter. You play it where it is. Well, I don't want to play it where it is. Well, you have to. That's the rule. And so I learned, I learned right there that I better do that. And sometimes in life, the flesh comes in and, and we don't want to do what the rules say. And here's a perfect example, like sneaking food into the movie theaters. How many of you just got bit right there? Just like, yeah, yeah, see, because it's like, it's too expensive in there. I agree with you, right? I, one guy told me, that's what trench coats are for. <laughs> Seriously, he like, he's got a whole vending machine over here and a full bar over here. It's like, he's got his whole deal ready. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, all right, number three. Let's let the Spirit lead us. Light will expose stuff hiding in darkness. 
That's what light does. As a matter of fact, when, when light comes, darkness leaves. Now, verse 22, this verse is pretty misunderstood. So I'm going to try to explain it. So listen carefully. It says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Now, you get hellfire brimstone preachers who like to beat people up with a verse like this and say, that means that the darkest secret of your life is going to be exposed to the world. Everybody's going to know. That isn't what this verse is saying. However, there are other verses in the Bible that teach truth will be exposed. Okay, so, but this verse really, it'd be out of context to use it that way. Let me tell you what this verse really means. This passage is most likely referring to these things that are hidden right now in the kingdom of God that don't make sense. Remember Jesus is talking in parables and he said, people who have an ear, let them hear. Listen carefully. Last week we talked about this a little bit because parables had hidden meanings. And what Jesus is saying is right now some of these, these kingdom things are not fully understood, but one day they will be fully revealed. One day you will come into the understanding of what my parables mean and what I'm teaching and the kingdom of God's stuff. It's meaning that every secret about the kingdom or spoken of in a parable will be fully opened up and it will be fully understood. It's like your eyes will be opened as you search after God and it will be revealed to you the words and what they mean through revelation. Now, think of the disciples because here's, here's a group that sometimes Jesus called them aside after teaching in parables and said, do you know what I meant? And they go, no. And he had to explain it to them. They didn't understand Peter's denial because it hadn't happened yet. They weren't going to understand his sorrow in the garden of Gethsemane. They weren't going to understand the crucifixion. Jesus told them he was going to die, and they still didn't understand it. The ascension into heaven, the resurrection, they wouldn't understand. But in time, this would be revealed to them through the empowerment of the Spirit. Hindsight is 2020. That's what we say because we have understanding with more information. So Jesus is trying to lay some seed to say, look, you might not understand the kingdom right now. Hang in there. Press in. Listen to what I'm saying. And God will reveal it to you. The Spirit will reveal it. I love Eugene Peterson translated the Bible into a paraphrase of kind of his understanding of it. Verse 22. Here's how he interpreted the Greek. We're not keeping secrets. We're telling them. We're not hiding things. We're bringing them out into the open. So that's what God is trying to do. When I think about that, I think of how we need to continually pursue God even when it's complicated and we don't understand it. Some of you right now, it's like your relationship with God is sort of walking in a fog. And this is a time when many people want to quit. It's a time when sometimes you just don't understand God. It's easy to say, this doesn't make sense. And yet it's not the time to stop pursuing him. It's the time to press in harder. It's the time to listen more. It's a time to say, God, I'm running hard after you right now, though I don't understand it. I was in Montana a few years ago with my family. Bonnie has a brother who, and family that live up in Kalispell, Whitefish area, and, and uh, Columbia Falls. and It's just beautiful up there. And we went to this big family fun park that had like go-karts and putting, what do they call it, miniature golf and all this stuff. And one of the things they had was a human maze. 
How many of you have been through a human maze? Okay, a few of you have, but not that many. It's horrible. I mean, it's, it's, it was probably almost the size of this room, at least half of this room, with all these eight-foot walls and these aisleways where the, the deal was you all go together in and you start and you're on the clock. And you have to find four stations and put a stamp on your card and then you have to go to what they call the platform, which is the top. And it's lifted up above the maze where you can see into the maze. So I'm all excited to just blow my kids away with my speed and my craftiness. And I, I think I finished second to last out of the whole clan in the group. I was running around in that maze. I was trying so hard. I was end up at the same station four times, and I already had that stamp, and I'd end up somewhere else, and I couldn't find station three. Finally, you know, my kids are all done, and they're up on the platform looking at the maze, mocking me. <laughs> oh, go this way, Dad. Liars. <clears throat> when I finally got out of there and I came up on that platform and I looked down into that maze, it just looked so easy. It's like, why can't they see? Just turn right there and you're going to be out. But when you're in it, you don't see clearly. And some of you right now are in it. And it's hard and it's difficult and you don't know where God went. But God is there. You don't just stop and sit down and give up on the maze. You keep pressing on. You turn every knob. You walk down every corridor. And you say, God, I'm running after you. I will not give up. Some of you need that faith today. Receive that. Number four in your outline is this. Listening means learning. Okay? When I'm talking, I'm, I'm really probably not learning. But if I can listen, I have a chance to learn. Now look at how Jesus puts this in verse 23. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added... Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. What, is, what does Jesus mean by this? Here's what he's trying to say. He, he's trying to say, give yourself fully to hearing the Word of God. Give yourself to listening to the voice of the Spirit and to, in, in His time, meaning Him, His words. And you will get it if you listen. If I said, give me like your best listening posture that would convince me you are just hanging on every word. Do that right now. Let me see what it looks like. That's really good. Look, look at that. How come you weren't sitting like that before? <laughs> right? I'm just kidding. Um, when I think of this, he's kind of saying, listen with, see, here's how we can listen. Can you listen with your mind? Can you listen with your mind and not your heart? Probably. You can hear things and it's not, it's not going into the soil. He's saying listen with your heart. Listen with your whole person. Listen with your body, your body language, even with God. Listen with receptivity. Because I've been around people who listen with disinterest. And you can tell it. Or they listen with disbelief. And you can tell it. Jesus is trying to make a point that those who listen carefully are going to get it. And because you listen carefully, you're going to have even more. The Lord is going to bless you and open your mind and reveal more of his kingdom stuff to you because you can be trusted with kingdom stuff. I really believe that's true. That's what he's trying to get us to see. How will you listen to God? And then lastly, number five in your outline, um, 
This is fascinating to me because it can happen. What happens if the light goes out? Oh, that's what happens when the light goes out. Okay, boom. You know, when that happens and it kind of surprises you, you don't see, all of a sudden you can't write anything down, you can't see, you get disoriented quickly. And sometimes I see this in people's lives. Let me just read verse 25. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. We've just been talking about that, but look at the second part. But for those who are not listening... Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Why would that happen? I think Jesus is trying to get us to see a principle here. For those who aren't fully engaged in pursuing passionately after God, they will never come into the full awareness of who God is because they are half-heartedly searching. And, and, and it's amazing that people... Jesus talked in parables mostly because he didn't want people who were half-hearted to understand the meaning of what he was saying. Here's the point. A lot of Christians, a lot of people who say they love God, that they walk with God, they have one foot in the world and they have one foot in the kingdom of God. And you know what happens? That, that equals a pretty miserable life. Because you're trying to take the best parts of the world and lay it over the best parts of God and they are oil and water. And they can't mix. And so you live in a schizophrenic world where there's no peace. And for some of you who may have tried that, I'm telling you, you're going to be miserable. That's why Jesus wants you to pursue after him. Come fully into the kingdom. Lord, reveal your spirit to me. Let me be sold out. Let the light of God be revealed through who I am. It's real important that we get that and we understand it. I don't know if you've ever... I talked about camping earlier. I'll just finish with this analogy of you ever watch the campfire burn out? It's a long ways from where I started the fire <laughs> to having that wood completely burned down. And if you don't refuel it, if you don't put this word in your heart, if you don't spend time with God, the flame starts to narrow. The scope of that big bonfire suddenly gets small. Before you know it, you're feeling the cold air on your back and around your legs and you realize it's cold because the fire's not putting out the heat it once had. It turns bright red. The logs fall finally to the bottom and the gray begins to creep in from the outside to the center of the red. And if you sit there long enough, it will go completely out. I've watched people who start with a passion for God and they're on fire for God and the light of God is being revealed, but they're not self-feeders they're not engaged in letting the light of God daily refresh and encourage and strengthen them. And the light begins to dwindle and the cold begins to settle around them. And they don't even hardly know what's happening around them. I'm having a really interesting thing happen right now in my world. Um, it's involving this little guy. This is my razor. Okay, this, is, this truly is my, my personal razor. This is not a joke. I'm not making this up. Two weeks ago, and I know I only use it on part of my face, but two weeks ago, I was on a trip, and I had this thing fully charged up, and it worked great. I know this works. I know it's, it works perfectly. There's nothing mechanically wrong with it, but why, is it, why won't it come on? Anybody have an idea? Yeah, it's not charged up, and I cannot find the cord. I mean, I, I, I took it on a trip with me, and I had it in my suitcase. 
And I, um, I have prayed that God would reveal to me where the cord is. <laughs> he has been silent on the matter. Then it dawned on me, Bonnie had a little trip to go see her dad, and so I thought, it's in that suitcase, because I took the same suitcase. And so she got home, and I reached down in that little pocket I always put it in. It wasn't there. So I'm like, Bonnie, you took my cord. <laughs> she assured me she did not, and she's usually right about those matters. And I, so I was very nice, because, you know, it is Mother's Day um, <laughs> weekend. I, this thing doesn't work, and I have looked everywhere for that cord. So let me ask you a couple questions. Does this have any value to me right now? It, it can't do its job. Let's say, let's say that I try, if I set this right on an electrical panel where I know there's power, if I set it near the power, do you think it will, it will, the power will jump into the razor? You're right. No is the correct answer because I tried it. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you can put this right on the power. You can hold it next to the outlet. The power doesn't go in here. There is no connection. Let's say that next week I invited all of you who have electric razors to fully charge them and to bring them all together and let's put them in a box on the platform and I'll put my razor in the middle of all the high-powered razors. Would it get into this box? No, it won't. It won't because there has to be a direct connection. You can't love God on mama's coattails. You can't come to faith because grandma and grandpa have the power. You can't just come into a room like this with high-powered, loving people and have it come into you. You have to have a direct line to God. You have to say, will I be passionate about saying, God, I want you to be the light of my life. I surrender. I lay down my sin. I lay down my worldliness. And I want you to live in me. That's what God wants. That's why we listen. That's why we tune in to what Jesus has said in his word today. Because it doesn't happen without you saying, I want that. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to speak truth from your word. It's powerful to me, Lord. It's powerful. Thank you for people that I know love you, believe in you, trust you, are listening to you. Holy Spirit, would you on this Mother's Day shed some light on our hearts, on our lives, that we could really be real with you, honest and lay before you and say, examine me, O oh God. Look into our hearts. We open our lives to you. With heads bowed, would you just reflect on God? Would you let him open you up? Would you let him talk to you today? The presence of God is powerfully here right now. And He loves you. First of all, I'm going to ask some of you to raise your hand if you would say, what I feel in my life is that, yes, I love God, but I believe my light is dim and I need a charge. I'm not plugged in the way I should be. I know it. It's not a guilt thing. It's just a truth. Raise your hand if that's you, would you? God bless you. You can put them down. Church, let's just pray for these brothers and sisters. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're talking to the heart, that your word has pierced through and that there's an acknowledgement in the spirit man that they are hearing 
They have an ear to hear and they are hearing the word of God and they are responding. So would you touch their hearts today? Would you let them plug into you? Would you be the source of their empowerment that they would not look to the things of this world? They would not look to other stuff, but they would look to you, God. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. Be their strength. Secondly, I want to pray for some of you who would say, you know, honestly, I'm going through that dark time you're talking about, and it's hard, it's difficult. I'm in a trial stage, and I'm not sure the light of God is being reflected that well because I'm pretty distraught. My responses are not great, but I want to pray for some of you in the dark stage. You're disillusioned right now, and God can bring his light and touch you. If, if you're in that stage, you're in that place, could, would you let us pray for you? Would you just raise a hand right now? God bless you. Thank you. Church, help me pray. In your heart, agree with me in, in prayer. Lord, we've all been in these dark places. We have felt what it's like to feel distraught and discouraged. And it's not a very good feeling. And sometimes we do wonder where you went. But we know today your word has taught us to press through this, to run harder toward you, to to never give up, to not sit down in the maze, but to keep working diligently, keep reading, keep trusting. Give us that tenacious desire to know you, to feed on your truth, that the very light of God will be shed upon us, that we can see the truth and run toward it. God, be, a, be an encouragement to those going through challenging times right now. Be the provider, be the healer, of the wounds that this world brings and inflicts upon us. I thank you, Lord. Lastly, I'm going to have some of you follow me in a prayer to accept Christ today. What that means is you know you're separated from God and you're, you have conviction in your heart. Conviction is a wonderful thing. It just means that the Holy Spirit is making you aware that, that it's not okay between you and God and you know it and you're aware of it. And you feel bad for your, your sin. And you need to ask God for forgiveness. Jesus took your place on the cross. That's why we ask him into our lives. That's why we ask him to forgive us. And he will. He will. We've all been there. We've all done this. So I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. I won't embarrass you or ask you to come up here. I just, I just feel like there might be some in this room that would say, I want to pray this prayer with you. And I want to trust God for forgiveness in my own life that that separation I feel now will go away how many of you would, would let me lead you in that prayer just slip up a hand right now would you God bless you thank you thank you okay you can put them down any others God bless you just in your heart just say something like this but put it in your own words Lord I do come to you I know I'm separated from you because of my own doing my own sin I'm sorry I truly am. I need your cleansing in my life. I want your empowerment. I confess that sin to you now. I lay it on the altar. I believe you died on that cross for my sin, for these things. And you rose from the dead to set me free of this sin and guilt and shame. I'll walk away from that shame. I'll forgive myself because you have forgiven me. And I will trust you that I am in right standing with you today, God. I accept this by faith, and I give you the rest of my life. Continue to let your light be reflected in my attitudes, my character, and integrity. May I live for the glory of God. 
Lastly, Lord, I would just pray for all the moms in this room, the families represented here, the challenges of motherhood, the peace that they need. May every mom be filled with your power and your glory and your love. May they truly represent the heart of God to their families. Let them be women of faith and strength and empowerment for the glory of God. Bless them, I pray. Amen. Amen. Proud of you guys. I love you. I thank God for you. It's fun to be on a journey with you. We're learning together, I'll tell you. We are learning together.